<laughs> All right. Like, really? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie Carraway. And I'm Emery Williamson. Hello. And uh, we're going to introduce our lovely guest in just a moment. But first, Emo, where can people find us? Where can people find us? Well, let me tell you. First of all, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. So bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. Three different options. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's a little cooler. I put Insta. All the do cool kids. Call, do people call it Insta or the Gram or... I I've just, heard both. Yeah, I, I feel stupid saying both, but I'm going to put Instagram has two nuts in a pod. It's the number two. So if you want to follow us, it's two nuts in a pod with the number mm-hmm. two. You can also email us at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com so you can give suggestions if you want to be on the show hell let us know if you have questions if you want to talk about a recent episode or a recent uh interviewee that we had on this show just let us know and we'll feel free to respond to you whenever we can but it's two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com and as i was writing this down we were talking about how it's so annoying because i'm putting this in my phone on my notes and how when you're texting or typing and how it has the the autocorrect and mm-hmm. they'll change the words for you and how like you write fucking and it always changes it to ducking and ducking. you never ever want ducking i wonder if anyone's ever written ducking and they change it to fucking they're like no no i want it actually to be ducking <laughs> well someone told me recently they were like i always think of like a duck when yeah. it changes it to ducking and not ducking as an actual verb like yeah. ducking <laughs> yeah i uh so yeah that's um, what i i wrote that was the second thing i wrote out here was it always changes it to ducking when i want Fucking. So I never understand why it does that. It's very uh, Very prudish of you, phone. Very prudish. Come on. Phone. (laughs) Stop trying to censor me. So that's all the business stuff I have. It's very simple. Uh, I don't have have any emails to share. We have had emails, but I don't have any to share on this episode. But if you ever want us to share, let us know as well. We don't mind doing that. Um, It could be even a question you have for us that we talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's all I got. All right, Groovy. Well, I'm going to introduce our guest then, the sweet and lovely Dorocha Sally Falegi. And <laughs> she is one of my girlfriends. So we have, give a little background. Um, some of our friends, they go, they, we typically have a place where we congregate, and it's our <laughs> friends, three of our guy friends live in a house together. Mm-hmm. Soon to be four again. Someone moved out, someone's moving back in it. Anyway, so we call it like the Richmond house because it's on Richmond Street. (laughs) And it's mostly guys every time we hang out. But there's like four of us girls that are like consistently there. So I started kind of saying like, we need, the girls need to get together for some individual bonding time. So I made this text chain called Richmond Girls. (laughs) And uh, the Richmond Girls try to have dinner at least once a month. And we just like treat ourselves. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, we just had dinner over the weekend. Yeah. Where'd you all go? 
Ramsey's. Ramsey's. Oh. Now that we said it, I'm afraid to talk about it because I'm pretty sure I had bad shrimp. But <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So now that we said the name, I feel bad. But I love that place. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was not fresh. Mm. I have like clues. But yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'm sorry you got a little, but little sicky. It's fine. But it's fun. Yeah. I think the last one was in March that we did. So we skipped yeah. like one or two. Yeah, we kept trying to like rearrange it and stuff. Yeah. But, but anyway, uh, so Jarocha's husband is one of my husband's close friends from way back. And Jarocha, so you, Jarocha moved here from Hungary. Like, has yeah. it been two years now? It's a year. A year now. It was okay. last May when I came over here. So, yeah. yeah. And we're so freaking happy. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> that yeah. I'm here. I know you had, like, a crazy experience with immigration, too. Yeah. That's, like, a huge part of why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And talk about this, like, yeah. later. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start with roses and cow shit, shall we? Yeah, I thought yep. we were going to skip over that, but that's... Oh. No, we can't. Never. We cannot skip mm-hmm. over Rose's well, I gotta, I gotta introduce her before she starts cussing on air. I feel like that's only, yeah, that's yeah. only polite before we make her say cow shit to to tell you who she is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that. So I'll start because I just mentioned okay. this rose. So one of my roses was getting together with girlfriends this weekend. So we had dinner on Friday night, and then I went to a show at Z Bar with one of our other girlfriends, and then saw another friend yesterday and hung out for a little bit. So I just had like a an awesome like feminist bonding weekend. <laughs> I can see the, her, her little janky soundproof just like drooped. <laughs> Everything is under control. It's really where, where it's I, having a hard day. I wish people could see what this is like. It's uh, just depressed today, guys. Like, <laughs> well, it's rainy outside. It's really bad storms today, and then yeah, it's our studios. It's just falling apart. Falling apart. Well, your I got, office the, gig- I got the church giggles today. <laughs> but anyhow, I was just reflecting on like how awesome it is to have a group of friends and it doesn't have to be like single gender, but like a group of friends who you just feel like you can talk about anything with them. It's really comfortable and just having people who are like on your same frequency because like, I think that that's hard to find. Like I can get along with a lot of different people, but I kind of know when I meet someone, if it's like, okay, we've we've got the same thing going on you're gonna get me i'm gonna get you sometimes i meet people and it's like they're great and i think they're awesome but i also know they're not gonna really get me yeah i'm gonna like i'm i'm not for you (laughs) i'm not gonna be that friend for you so like knowing i don't know just feeling that closeness with people um it's very cool that's a good thing to have that's That's really cool yeah yeah you don't always have to explain yourself that's really tiring yeah, when someone's just immediately like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yep. Yeah. Just had that happen to me yesterday, or yeah. I just felt that <laughs> feeling yesterday. And we don't just bitch about our partners. We hang out. It, like, passes the Bechdel test. We talk about other stuff, too. Yeah. We talk about, <laughs> like, our about jobs men. and our lives and all sorts of stuff. About food. Yeah, a lot of food. Yep. 
they help me with my food addiction. You're mentioning the church giggles just made me laugh too. <laughs> I seriously, I, I never put a name to that, but I have oh, experienced when you, that. When you're many... trying not to laugh, <laughs> it's the best. I love that feeling when you're trying not to laugh. Yeah, you're trying to hold it in so hard because, you know, it's pretty inappropriate for you to laugh. But yeah. Does that happen to you at a funeral before? Not that's the worst funeral. that's yeah. the worst for church giggles you yeah know, it's happening my grandpa's funeral which was terrible because obviously i was really sad but they were like <laughs> saying something funny about him and that reminded me of something hilarious and i was just like smiling and i realized that i'm smiling and laughing and i'm like oh my god like all the old ladies are watching me from my hometown and i was just like this is gonna be bad <laughs> just like, uh. people respond to grief in different ways yeah Sometimes you laugh maniacally. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, my grandpa was a really funny person, so it was easy yeah. to think about something funny, but I was like, this is not good. That's but what, oh well. Yeah, my mind will just trail off where it'll, I'll be like in a meeting at work and I'll get the church giggles, I guess, where I'll be thinking about something will happen. It'll make me think of something else and that'll make me start giggling. And then I feel like that maniacal laughing where I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to be able to explain this to anyone what I'm laughing at, but I just like cannot resist. But I love that feeling. So now I have a little name for it, the church giggles. giggles. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then my cow shit. So for some reason, like, so when I'm home during the weekend, seeing my house in natural lighting is like very upsetting. It's like a very like come to Jesus moment of like, my house is so dirty. And it's not even like it's that dirty. It's just that I get into this like, when I have unstructured time, I relate that's when my OCD kind of gets triggered. So mm-hmm. then I'm like looking around and there's all this dirt and all I see is dirt. All I see is like imperfections, dirt, yeah. hair. Like it's like I'm like a robot that can just like zoom in on everything that's wrong in the house. But I'm also, I think I have like OCDs, like lazy cousins sometimes <laughs> where it's like <laughs> I can't. Sometimes I feel so paralyzed by it that I can't start doing anything. (laughs) So I'm just sitting there staring at it, just like freaking out. And then if I start to clean, then it's just like very disorganized because I start to clean one thing and I see another thing. So I run over there and then I'm just running around, not completing any tasks, Yeah, just like starting a bunch of tasks. And then I just, <laughs> I just, I agree with you on so many levels. And then I just so wear myself out. Finished task. <laughs> I just wear myself out. So my yeah. my house is like half clean now. You know, my laundry's half so done. Bad. That's why I have to stay so organized about that stuff because I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Just half finish so many things. And it's like, all right, well, like nothing's completed, so I didn't really accomplish anything, I guess. But yeah, I have to like very be very like strict with how I organize all that stuff because otherwise yeah if I get that that time that time to just do whatever it just kind of spirals out of control so yeah the key is doing a little bit every day that's the part that I'm bad at I wait I wait for it to build up and then that makes it so much worse like you know when you just kind of let things pile up and then you're just so makes you just feel so much more overwhelmed by it OCD's lazy cousin got me this weekend (laughs) really got me what i did um i remember i had a had some not so clean roommates before when i lived in memphis that's terrible and i had to i basically did you know you see when you go to like a a restaurant bathroom and on the bathroom door it's got a little sign it says like people put their initials when they clean something or whatever you ever Mm -hmm. seen that before yeah and so i created that 
for our house mm-hmm. and for each person, like what they're doing, when they're doing it. If something's like a daily chore, if something's a weekly, if something's bi-weekly, if something's monthly. And I've carried that on to the current apartment I have with our good friend, Brennan. I think I've and, seen that and when I was So I use that now, and it honestly helps so much, because otherwise, because then I can be able to be like, okay, well, I cleaned this like a week ago, so I know when I cleaned it. Mm-hmm. Or I can be like, okay, this hasn't been cleaned in two weeks, I need to clean this, I know when to do it. That's just something that helped me a lot. I don't know if that would help anybody else, or people would be like, yeah, that's a little intense. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it. I did try it for a while, but then it ended up being this, like, competition with Seth and I where well it was it wasn't a competition I was winning I was like my initials all the way down and then it would just be like a guilt tripping thing for him and then sometimes so sad, too, you gonna put your initials on here? sometimes too I don't want to know the last date that I vacuumed like yeah. that's a scary thing to know sometimes like oh shit has it really been two months <laughs> yeah it's been two months since i vacuumed yeah. that's why i feel like everything is very individualistic we're like that works for me yeah. and it works for him i think it works mostly for me and he just tolerates <laughs> it but yeah for i know a lot of people that would not be okay so and when it's a roommate like a platonic roommate situ- situation yeah. i almost said sex i was like a party <laughs> sexuation <laughs> platonic sexuation with britain <laughs> no but it's really important in a platonic like roommate situation that things feel very equal i think that yeah. when you're like you know intimate with someone it's a little then easier to kind of <laughs> maybe let some things go or like yeah. they're doing, yeah. you know, they're providing something else while you're doing that. I don't know. It's a yeah. little bit different. That's true. Well, he's he's really clean already, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to do a lot. So I don't really mind it that he's not, you know, he probably doesn't enjoy it as much as me because I love going up and like crossing him off <laughs> when I did it and being like, yeah, I did it today. Yeah. Like I love that stuff because I love checklists and all that type of stuff. But I know he's probably not as into it, so. But but he still does it. I think he, he keeps it up for it. my satisfaction. Because <laughs> he loves you. He loves me. Oh. <laughs> so anyone else? Roses? Cow shit? Um, well, my roses. So the, my husband, Clayton, was able to go back to circus for a week, which made me really happy. Like, that was my roses. That, because that was like a constant guilt for me that he stopped doing that, even if it was not because of me. Or not, hopefully not, you know. Because <laughs> he used to be like that full yeah, time. Yeah, he was now full he's time. Got another job. And uh, he has like a regular settled down job. And uh, that he was able to go back, it was like an amazing feeling for me. So that was my roses recently. So that was awesome. He's so He just seems like he is in his element when he's doing like... What's crazy about Clayton too, I remember like one night we were like... Or someone was, they were trying to, they were playing a game of like throwing a hat on a, like the top of a coat rack. And so everybody was trying over and over again. No one could get it. He just walks in the room in one attempt, just throws it up there. You know how annoying it is. Like whatever we play, he's like the best. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't beat him in these kind of stuff. And yeah, it's really annoying when there's like a computer game or something and there's no way you can beat him because his brain is just like, I don't know. Yeah, he just sees how things work. Like, yeah. he'll just kind of look at something and be like, yeah, I can stand upside down on that. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I can balance that on my nose. Sure. sure. Yeah. And then he does it. It's I just like a, that curiosity. I have curiosity. a picture of him from when we were like 17, 16 maybe, and he was at my house. There was a bunch of people over there, and yeah, he was balancing like a broom, like the, the bottom, the handle of the broom on his nose. Yeah. 
for like a really long period of time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I need to take a picture of this so I can remember it. Is that yeah. how you fell for him with the yeah. broom on his I nose? I mean, literally, yes. That was a chair, but basically it was it in Kev. Yeah. But he was freaking my mom out with like balancing the knife at home Ooh. at my mom's house. And mm. she was like, oh my God. So yeah, that's how it is. That's a... Uh, he doesn't, swallow ni- he doesn't swallow no. knives, does he? No, that would be too Ugh. much. Yeah. It would be disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't watch that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my roses. Awesome. And the cow shit, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just telling Emo, basically, my biggest thing is that no one can use the brinker- blinkers in Louisville. Like, oh, my that's gosh. Like, Killing it's like a me. local quirk. No one uses turn signals. <laughs> it's like, but I'm so mad about it that it's like so bad. So, that's like one big thing. That if I could do something or I would have a trashy car, I would crash into them. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like that aggressive about that's it. That's a nice level. That's a or nice like, rage level. I've seen like a post about this. Like I cut in front of someone and instead of like uh, giving me the finger, like someone was just like, he just gave me a thumbs down. And I feel like that's what I should do to people. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, like, I love the thumbs down. That's yeah. so much less aggressive than so, fucking people off. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is so bad. So every day you're hers born, I just want to kill people. Literally. Oh my but gosh! Oh yeah, and that's, that's really bad. Well, it's really bad because you only know. I think it's a maybe like a rural driving thing, you know. Like you maybe. don't, you don't have to signal a bunch when you're like out in the boonies, maybe because there's no one behind you, there's know, no one in front yeah. of you. But uh, I use mine. People <laughs> will just. I do too. Like people I don't will just. Thumbs down. You, you can only tell because they like stop completely. In traffic, and then you're like, "Well, they must be turning," or they start to veer into another lane. <laughs> just start. If they start to veer in one direction, it means that they want to turn soon. So yeah. just give them some space. Just some space. Give them an extra buffer. Or when I'm just like waiting for someone so I can turn, and they're like super slow, and then they just you know turn next to me, and I could have gone, but no, they were not signaling. And I'm like, so no bad. one, also, no one I in promise. Louisville is like in a rush to go anywhere. Oh. If you're driving in this city, you just figure like, well, I guess nobody works. That's they, stu- that stuff with the green light pause. Like, I, I'm always like, what the hell is happening, people? <laughs> They're just chilling. Just just go. go. <laughs> One day I saw someone. I was driving in Old Louisville, and I saw this car just kind of swerving around a little bit, and then they just throw it like a PBR can out the window. Oh, Jesus <laughs> like, Christ! You oh are God. advertising drunk driving right now. <laughs> oh my God! Give me a break. So yeah, that green light thing is really true. Ooh, we are I'm very like, slow about that green oh light. My God, just. If, if I'm the first one to a green to a traffic light, when it turns green, fucking gone. I'm going. Yeah. Like, cause I'm just like, I know how much it frustrates me when I'm behind people and they don't go. Yeah. So I, I make sure gone. Yeah. And I use my turn signal because I don't want those thumbs down. Yeah. The simple things. See, <laughs> it's like so easy. I think we're just no. lazy drivers. Yeah. I mean, we we even sound lazy when we say the name of our city. It's like Louisville. <laughs> it's like you can't even. <laughs> What, you can't even make consonant sounds? Your tongue's too tired? <laughs> can't be bothered. Can't be bothered with it. I would get made fun of a lot by how I say Louisville. Yeah, yeah. I say Louisville. How do you say it? Louisville? That's yeah. I have to say it, right? It's supposed yeah. to be Louisville. Really? That's what it's supposed to be, because we're named after King Louis. Clayton Louis always 16th. told me that. You have mm. to be like Louisville. But the, yeah, the local way to say it's got to be like... Louisville. There's yeah. like Louisville, where you don't do the different... You could say like... 
Louisville. This is kind of what I say, Louisville. Yeah. I guess I say more Louisville now. <laughs> I don't know. It's changed since I've been here. It's like... Well, I had, I have friends from other parts of the country be like, you realize what it sounds like when you say that, right? Like you're just putting your hand in your mouth and trying to say your city name. Like, what are you saying to you're, us? You're gurgling. Where like, the hell are you from? It's not the name of a city. You just gurgled. <laughs> Do you feel okay? All right, so you ready for my rose and cow shit? Ready. <clears throat> okay. So, cow shit is, I'll start with that. So today, I went shopping. That's just the cow shit right there. Yeah, I was <laughs> well, we're say, done. enough said. <laughs> no, because yeah. I had to buy some new clothes for work, and oh. um, I work downtown, and I uh, also live downtown, so sometimes I walk back to my apartment for lunch, but I walk back, and I'm hot as hell, so I needed to buy some clothes that were a little more... Uh, um, friendly toward the uh, heat that we have here, especially the humidity. So I did that, and I was, but it always gives me serious anxiety going to, like, store. I don't really like to shop at all. Hmm. I don't like to go to places where I have to have, where I have a lot of choices. It just, like, gives me super anxiety. I don't know what to do, and I become incredibly indecisive, and I don't buy (laughs) shit. So I literally go to a a store and sit there for, like, two hours, and it's like, I didn't buy anything, and I just left, and I was just frustrated with myself. So that that's what my anxiety does to me. I do, you, just like, do you eat a soft pretzel afterwards to feel better? Because that's what I do. I well, things won't fit me, and then I'm like, I guess I'm just just fat, and I'm just gonna eat a pretzel because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gotten a pretzel. No, but what I did—it's a good consolation to offset that. I invited a friend, and I was like, "Hey, like, do you mind going to do this with me and just like helping me out? I know this is weird. But can you just do this for me and be like, I'll just show you clothes, and you'd be like." hell yes, wear that, or fuck no, don't get that. <laughs> yeah. And that's what she did, and it really helped me. So that was nice. a very helpful thing. So that's kind of the rose in the cow shit. There's lots of cow shit on it, but then there's a rose, <laughs> you know, growing out of it. So that was kind of the rose. My other rose was about a book I was reading. Um, and I, but my problem was I couldn't remember if I did this rose before because I've been reading this book for so freaking long now. Um, it's called... No Visible Bruises, What We Don't Know About Domestic Violence Can Kill Us. Oh, you haven't mentioned it. It's by Rachel Louise Snyder. I was listening to an NPR show, I think Fresh Air. They talked about that book. And I was like, I don't know a lot about domestic violence, so I want to buy this book. So, And a lot of times when I don't know a lot about certain subjects, I just want to learn a little more. And I did. It's a very intense read, but it's been uh, very informative and interesting and just also just a very powerful read as well. And I think especially... Um, I think it's one of those books a lot of people should read. I think it'd be very, very good for a lot of people to read this type of book. Even it changes it, your perspective, doesn't it? Like, yeah. It, it was it was kind of like that book, um, Shrill, that I read that changed my perspective about body image issues. Mm-hmm. That I just, I didn't think enough about that stuff. And then, but yeah, it really makes me reevaluate certain things. Makes me think about certain situations. Makes me think about what have I done. Makes me think about people I know. Like it really, you know, it hits home for a lot of different things. And I like books that do that. I like books and anything that challenges me. So yeah, this book is doing that. And it's been a real, it's been, it's tough to read, but it's been enjoyable as well. So it's like one of those books. It's what we were talking about. We were talking about with Netflix shows earlier, just shows we're watching and all of them were just kind of downers. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, God, they're all either sad or intense or scary. We just need something happy like Parks and Rec to watch. But, but yeah, I feel like for... For this type of book, it's an intense read, but it's very informative and enlightening as well. Yeah, 
So and I'm enjoy. sure there's a lot of resilience too. Like yeah. people who go through that are like the strongest people ever because they have to be. Mm-hmm. And there's that like stereotype of like, oh, they're too weak to leave. It's like, no, they have been doing everything they yeah. can. They've survived. They survived. Yeah. yeah. And, and they'll they'll leave yeah. as soon as they can find a safe way to do it. That's exactly what she was talking about in this in this book. And I, I had not really thought that before. I honestly ignorantly thought, oh, okay, well, why didn't this person just leave? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. Or maybe this person is very calculated. They could be killed if leaving. they leave. Yeah. Or if they leave, they yeah. could be killed. Yeah, and that's what I found out is a lot. Or their leave. kids or, yeah, yeah. are hurt or their kids are hurt. And it's just... It's Sometimes very... pets, too. Yeah. That's it's... what I heard, that so many of these, like, places that you can go, they don't take pets. And... Yeah, like the shelters. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, yeah, very intense read, but very informative and enlightening, for sure. So awesome. that's been a rose, yeah. but the, the main rose was... Somebody helped me through my anxiety today, which was great. Yeah, so. and don't and you don't you weren't afraid to ask for help. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what the thing is, if you don't want to do the thing by yourself, just ask somebody to help you. And I gotta pat myself on the back there. People like am, helping people. I am so much better now about asking for help. When I was younger, I was very like headstrong. I don't need any help. I don't need to ask anybody. I don't want to bother anybody. Mm-hmm. And I realized that only made things worse. <laughs> and a lot of times, yeah. people were very willing and open to help, and they wanted to. So, yeah. But our culture kind of convinces us to do everything on our, by ourselves. Yeah, to be strong. Like, it's and, so individualistic. Yeah. It's like, you need to sink or it. swim. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah, suck it up and yeah. just do it. That's what, it's, that's what they say. Actually, yeah. speaking of asking for help, I had a friend do that for with me this week. And I won't mention any names or anything, of course. But a friend of theirs was talking about suicide. And so he messaged me on Facebook and said, like, hey, what do you think I should say to this? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, want to, I don't want to say the wrong things. So I appreciated that. I appreciated that someone was reaching out and saying, like, hey, can you help me with this? Because I'm trying to help my friend. And that, like, you know, that supportive community that we've created somehow through social media, some ways it's, it's effective and it's a good place. But I even thought of that, like, you know, when people reach out for help, like, it's, it's going to make things better. Because obviously, like, when we don't, you know, it just makes things worse or that person that reached out to his friend that person originally reached out to my friend and my friend reached out to me and it was all of us supporting each other through different ways mm-hmm. and i think that's great that's awesome. so, yeah just made me it's think of that about. when you when you said it so yeah yeah i really love when people text me about mental health stuff too i feel like sometimes when you're when you're like in this world and you're kind of producing content related to it people see you as a resource and that's that's yeah. been really cool like because I want to talk about it all the time anyway. I think it's yeah. really interesting. Like, I will find someone at a, at a cocktail party, and I will make them have a bad time. <laughs> I, will, oh, I will start Lizzie's just, like, here. probing, Wait. and then it's like we're crying, and we're... <laughs> no, I just get into a deep conversation so you with whoever I talk to. Yeah, I met someone named Lizzie. I had a terrible time. <laughs> She's kind of a bummer. <laughs> but you know, I got a That's lot so out. Good. I got a lot out tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope I hope the show is the podcast is a resource for people that at least like you know can help in some ways. Yeah, it's I mean a huge part of how like our brains filter the entire world for us, but we never talk about what happens in there. Very true. Good point. So be nice to your brains. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my rose brains and cow are people shit. too. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of roses and cow shit mixed in there, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes they get all mixed up together. 
What yeah. you gonna do? Well, you're talking about just narrowing it down to one, you know, for your cow shit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> when you emailed me, I was like, well, that's gonna be a long list, you know? <laughs> Where yeah, should I like, start? Uh, I have a lot of things that piss me off. I don't Talk know. about things that trigger anxiety and piss you off. All right, well, I've got a few things. Well, let me she just take the scroll down. out. <laughs> The whole show, we're just going to talk about stuff that pisses us off. We probably could. We really easily could, yes. So let's hear, tell us about your experiences with mental health. I don't know if you want to talk about, like, childhood through today or just, like, focus on some recent stuff. Yeah. Well, mine is really recent. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like I can remember anything from my childhood that was like this or that made me feel like this. So... Mm Mine is really new, so I'm, like, still very, I don't know, fresh in this. And, like, when I told my friends, they were, like, trying to, like, ask, like, okay, but since when? Because they were, like, kind of surprised that I never Mm -hmm. told them. I was like, I don't know. Like, the only thing that I can remember is that immigration triggered it. Mm. when I was trying to like think about why that I knew that I'm come here that it was the fact that I can't control it so I think what triggers it for me that I can't control things with which sounds funny and like freaky but that's what it is like I grew up that I was like how do you say a student that's what it is here. Mm-hmm. We have five. That's the best number, like the best grade in Hungary. Oh. So I was like the perfect student. And I always like learned that when I put the work in, there is a result. And when you grow up, it's not like that. And nope. <laughs> you can't control it. And the first thing was like immigration for, for me when I knew I did everything. I knew I like qualify, but the outcome was not up to me. And that kind of like put me on this path. And I just, I don't know how to say, like, fall into it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know much about it. Like, I just know that I felt like that way. And I didn't know what it was. I just felt... That's the worst when you don't know what it it is yet. You're like, I feel... What is this feeling? It feels bad. I don't want it. Yeah. And then I was, like, trying to deal with it because... I'm a dietitian, so I know a lot about how to keep your body healthy, like what yeah. to eat, what to do. And I feel like all my education was focusing on like food and all that health. And I didn't know much about like the other side that's also important. Mm. So when I was experiencing this, I didn't know what it was. So I was like trying to fix it in the only way that I thought I can. So I was like being healthy, exercising and like trying to push it down I guess Mm -hmm. that I was like not dealing with it which was basically through immigration I was not talking about it like I basically forbid my family to mention it I was like we don't care about this it's it's nothing it's gonna happen in a way that it should so that was it so that was like the really early that I can think about it and then I came over here which was a really happy experience like it was amazing but it was also like very stressful Mm -hmm. and I stayed in this whole thing and like I don't know how but I was still trying to like deal with it but I feel like getting into this group of friends like knowing you two and all that like it really I was like okay so I might have anxiety but you know I still didn't want to like diagnose myself I was Mm -hmm. like, no, it's not that. I'm like stressed. I'm crazy. I had this feeling that I'm crazy. 
I always told, should we say names? My husband, that I feel like I'm crazy because my brain was just, I always try to describe it to him that it's like spinning. Like it's just like so much information in there that I can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was always like, I feel like I'm crazy. And he was just like, oh, you're not crazy. And I was like, well, I'm like, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so I was like a lot of crying, like, I feel like I'm crazy. I'm going crazy. So like, yeah, when I like started reading about it and you had a Facebook post that really helped me realize, I was like, oh, okay. That when you had that long thing about starting this uh, podcast and all that, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this all like what I go through. So, okay. So that was it. That's how I decided that I would go to therapy because I felt like I needed it. I felt like I was relying too much on my partner that I didn't feel it was acceptable like, oh, that's such a big thing to realize. Is it's like, you can't be my person for everything and every problem. Yeah. Even if they say that they're happy to do it. Yeah. it's. I don't think a relationship should be about that. That you're like constantly needing them to tell you that they love you and they're like... That you're because, safe. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's how I still feel. Like, I still have that, like, you know, he sits next to me on the couch and I'm not sure he loves me. Which sounds ridiculous, but I always need, like, a reaction from him or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt. So so that's when I decided to go to therapy to, like, figure out what this is. So that was in, what, February, maybe? So that's why I'm saying it's really recent for me. Because I'm still learning about it and trying to deal with it. How has yeah. therapy been for you so far? It's really good. Like, the first, she's amazing. I feel like she's helping a lot. The first time when it was, like, kind of just an introduction thing and she was asking me about what I feel or what are, like, the symptoms that I feel. And I told her everything, like, chest pain and all that. And she was like, well, yeah, it seems like you have anxiety. And the fact that she said that and it was something that was real... Yeah, I almost started crying because it meant that I'm not crazy, you know, like that someone said that I'm not, I'm not insane. So that was great. So it's really good. And as I was like sharing all that stuff with her, she was like, well, a lot of huge things happened with you in the last three years. And I was like, well, yeah, like you have to know my parents got divorced Mm. and I moved over here and all that. And she was like bringing all this up. And I was like, Hmm. Yeah, that's right. A lot of like life changing <laughs> huge things happen with me, yeah. but yeah. when it happens, you just go with it, I guess, and then you just have to deal with it at some point. It seems like you kind of keep it bottled up too. Yeah. Like when you were going through all of that, like I was just so amazed that you seemed so like kind of even keel with it. You were just very like kind of calm and could even laugh about it yeah but yeah <laughs> underneath you're just like having all this turmoil because yeah like you yeah. said you if when you don't have any control and you were going through the process for what like a year year and a half yeah that's so that's long. process for immigration correct yeah, yeah. okay it's such a long time to yeah. just be in limbo what does that entail 
those that don't know. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so I'm Hungarian, and uh, we got married in Hungary, okay. and basically I had to go through a whole process to get the green card, which was basically we just sent in a bunch of papers, and it was eight months when I was in the dark, when they didn't say anything, because it was just a processing time. So it was eight months when we didn't know anything. And then after that, it kind of like went fine because I got like almost weekly updates about the situation, but it was still like bad. So basically I had to go through that to enter the country as a permanent resident. So that's my status now. Mm -hmm. So that was it. And I talked to everyone because, you know, from the movies, you think like when you marry an American, you like walk into the country. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not at all. So not at all. So that was, that was fun. Not really. But (laughs) yeah. And are you, I I think you've said before too, that would be very difficult for you to visit home with how things are currently. Like, is is it something with like being a permanent resident or there a certain number of years before you can like, Oh no, I can go home. Your travel's Um, not restricted at all. No, I mean, I can't really stay away for like a long time from here, which is funny because they were like keeping me out of this country for so long and now I can't leave. Don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) You're ours now. You know, so far when I entered the country, they were just like, what's the purpose of your visit? They were asking me and I was like talking about it. And now that I came back in September from my best friend's wedding, they were just like, how long have you been away from the United States? And I was like, different question i was like wow <laughs> so yeah long um, enough to build a bomb <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> don't say that oh my god i'm the only immigrant here they're gonna blame me um so yeah so i was like it was only 10 days so basically i have to be in the country a certain amount of days to start the citizenship process in two years so if i'm like away for three months they can be like hmm they might push it out so I might delay that process, but that's the only thing. Yeah. I can get like special permits if something happens at home. I can go home in an emergency and stay away for a long time. So that's good. So you're finding like the talk therapy alone is kind of enough to help you manage the symptoms? I feel like, I mean, she's teaching me ways like um, methods, that like grounding thing and all that to deal with it. And then, like, a month ago, I think she told me that I probably have depression, too. I was like, yay. So <laughs> That's the, how the everyone two, they feels. love to hang they, out yeah, together. Yeah, depression exactly. is not your depression. besties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, getting better and better. <laughs> because it's like... This is just great. I love that response to being told you might have depression. Yay. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. So what do we do to get rid of it? I was like... You just have to know that I deal, my humor is like the way I deal with things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, get me out of it. Because I definitely don't want to be depressed. But this like numbness that I feel and I can't get off the couch. And I was like telling her that I just can't get off of the couch. I was Mm -hmm. like, I can't do anything else. And I think it's also what I did when I realized that I'm like anxious a lot. I was trying to avoid the situations that can give me anxiety so I was like trying to create this bubble for myself yeah when there is no interaction and nothing that can cause this to me so I was like avoiding my friends and everything so that's how I ended up on the couch and I can get off of it so Mm. and that's what I'm trying to trying to figure out now what to do with that and she's kind of helping me and major life changes but 
yeah, it's not not fun. And uh, I feel like we just don't know enough about it. And that's what really bothers me because we just don't. Yeah. No, they don't know shit about the brain. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Even all the pills is just like, you know, it's just trial and error. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it said that prescribing is more of an art than a science. And it's, it's really true. Like when you have someone who's been a prescribing physician for a long time, like a psychiatrist, then they kind of know the ropes a little bit more, but it's still just like, yeah, they don't even know why certain pills work. They just know that they tested it out. They know what like kind of which receptors to target but they don't know why targeting that receptor works. Like, they don't know why having more serotonin flowing around or norepinephrine flowing around. They don't know actually why it works. Yeah. So, and it, how why some things work for some people and other yeah. things work for other people. I mean, I know there's g- genetic stuff, but yeah, it's kind of a... Yeah. And that makes it harder when... And it can be really frustrating, too, when you feel like there's not... There's no easy answers. Yeah. And, yeah, that's why I'm, like, really... I'm, like, actually offended by my brain. Like, you know, there is no, like, things that if I do it, I will get out of it. It's Mm -hmm. not like... I mean, it's my thing that... But if you want to lose weight, you knew what to do. So there's, like, a process that you can follow, and it's going to be solved. But with this, this is what's killing me, that there is no process. There is mm-hmm. no, like, steps to follow, and then it's going to be fine. Because it's, like, up and down, up and down, and eh, maybe it's going to be fine. So that's what's, yeah, that's what's killing me. And you can try something one day, and it works. And then you try it the next day, and it doesn't fucking work. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting You have to be so creative. It's just looking at, like, uh, if you're trying when to you're depressed. build something, yeah. and it has, like, certain steps to it. And you're like... You follow steps one through twenty, and then it's finished and built. Yeah. But yeah, with mental health, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. I love my new therapist and their whole practice. Everyone I've dealt with has been awesome. And I may have said this on the podcast before, but they talk about um, treating your brain kind of like you would a two-year-old. Like if a two-year-old were, you know, kind of throwing a tantrum or wandering off into the woods you know, how would you deal with that? You know, you would probably say like, it's okay. Like, calm down. Just come on back. You would gently kind of try to bring it back. Yeah. And you're not going to be, you're not going to blame a two-year-old as much for acting in ways that don't make sense. Yeah. Just like, okay, you know, I I get, I get why you're freaking out right now, but just calm down. It's like a self-soothing thing. You wandered in the woods. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He got some ticks. (laughs) But uh, for me, that's kind of helped distance, kind of create a distance between myself and my emotions. Is think of it as this like, it really is kind of like a two year old up there. It's very immature. It's 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 based on these very like fight or flight bioevolutionary things that we think will keep us safe. But it really you know, it's kind of dumb. Brains are kind of dumb, y'all. It needs some TLC. It needs some help and comfort. Yeah. You can't just let it wander off because it's going to go in the woods and get eaten <laughs> you by You got to take care of that, that two-year-old. <laughs> That's an amazing way to put it. You're going to get ticks. <laughs> Poor little brain just wandering off on there oh, by itself. Yeah. Poor little thing. 
There's like an online cartoon that you just reminded me of now, the Awkward Yeti. Do you know that? No. It's like giving personalities to your organs. And that's like the brain and the heart usually like trying to interact. But it's hilarious. And it's like this way that the brain is just like always trying to keep things together. And the heart is just like, oh, a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I will like send it to you because I really like it. And I'm trying to think I, my brain of this way, like, you know, the little idiot. It is. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I've found, too, with depression is, like, sometimes it makes it worse when you're trying to fight it really hard. Like, I've talked to my mom about this before. When you when you have been in a depression for a couple weeks, you get frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it kind of makes it worse. <laughs> So you kind of have to almost like lean into it sometimes. It's like giving yourself permission to feel that feeling and just say like, yeah, this is what's happening. I can't get off the couch right now. Big fucking deal. <laughs> I'm going to be on the planet for a lot of days. I'll have Fuck I'll it. have Today chances to do something else. Um, but this this is all I'm capable of right now. It's like if someone were sick, you wouldn't blame them for being yeah, bedridden that's or true. whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, attaching any sort of guilt to it or trying to fight it really hard, it usually for me doesn't work. It's more of like a, you know, let it ride out and then kind of take start taking those baby steps to kind of work your way out of it. And I guess anxiety is like that, too, because I do the same thing where I, you were talking about doing some, like, avoidance stuff. Yeah. And I'll get into a stage where, like, I've been avoiding, I really am good at avoiding things that scare me Mm -hmm. um, or, like, trigger my social anxiety, especially. And so then if you avoid the things, they feel scarier and scarier. Like, you're creating this monster. Yeah. That used to be something that was easy for you to do. Actually, weirdly, I think like grocery pickup has enabled me to it's it's enabled my fear of being in a grocery store. <laughs> so the other day, like a couple weeks ago, I just I'm like, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to be a brave little kitty and I'm going to go in the grocery store and I'm going to do this. And it was, it was fine. I didn't have I didn't have a panic attack like I was like oh I remember doing this and it being totally normal so it's yeah. like you know taking those little steps to do things that you've been avoiding and sometimes it's like you know telling myself I'm going to go out and just for a little bit or like you know Seth and I went to like Waterfront Wednesday which is a little thing that happens in Louisville they'll have bands play near uh, Waterfront at Waterfront Park and it's usually not something we would do, but I was just like, let's just go. We don't have to stay long, but let's let's go do the thing. You do that hour thing, right? Yeah. Like, I'll stay for an, an hour. hour. Yeah. And then usually if once you get to that hour, sometimes it's like just because you told yourself you could leave, you're like, yeah, I'm going to stay a little longer. I feel okay. Mm-hmm. Other times you're like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for this, I didn't even tell myself an hour. I was like, you know what? It's a free concert. Let's just. Let's just go for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just go, watch a couple songs, walk around. You know, it doesn't have to be a big to do, but anything anything that gets me out of the house is good. Is a good yeah. thing, and yeah. it doesn't matter how long. But like one thing too is just figuring out what like what your social quota is. Yeah, like how much do you need to be out in the world and around people? How much do you need to be going inward and reflecting on it? 
Because if I'm out too much, if I'm like doing too many things, I'll just have this like feeling like my brain is just totally crowded and I haven't processed anything. Like I'm a big processor. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you, Emery, could like maybe you don't need to process social stuff as much. You can mm-hmm. you can kind of stay engaged and not have that moment where you're s- sitting afterwards and reflecting. Hmm, like how was that? How was that for me? <laughs> just lay down. <laughs> you just power down. <laughs> like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Actually, do you even exist when you're not around people? <laughs> do you have like a power down station somewhere? I, I found that, um, well, mine was accepting it because I always try to battle the depression, anxiety, push it away, you know, kind of the sweep it under the rug type of thing. And I realized that wasn't working because it was kind of like, and I, I did that speech about it kind of being like a monster inside of me. Um, and it boiled down to me accepting that monster and figuring out like, how can I live my best life and thrive with this going on? Because I just can't get rid of it. You know, it's not like shedding a few pounds here and there. It's like something that's significantly different yeah. um, and more complicated. And so a lot of it was accepting, but also just me being more cognizant of my triggers and like what upsets me. So today, like when I went shopping, I know a trigger for me is being overwhelmed and just being indecisive by too many choices. And I get that lost feeling. And when I feel lost, it's like a huge trigger for me. And it kind of just spirals from there. So I was like, I'm going to reach out for help. And that person today, she didn't know that she was helping that way. She just figured (laughs) she was saying, you look great or you do not look great in that outfit. (laughs) And she didn't know, but that's what I needed her for. And so my big thing was reaching out for help. So I, you know, I commend you for even reaching out to a therapist because a lot of people don't take that step. And that's a difficult step to take. Um, But I think it's an incredibly important step because... Obviously, they're professionals in it, but also just, you know, having that safe space where you can relay that information, have those important discussions and, you know, realize that you're not alone in this battle and also you're not, quote unquote, crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think therapy really does for me is like normalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, you know, therapists have seen everything. They're like, oh, honey, you're, you're not unique. <laughs> Sweet baby. No. When I was crying on the couch first, I was like apologizing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's like such a cliche. And she was like, it's really fine. <laughs> She's like, why do you think I got tissues in my office? <laughs> I don't even yeah. apologize for crying in therapy anymore. When they, I walk in, they're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> like oh no she puts the tissues in front of me ready to go you know i hold it on for two seconds because she's just like so how are you today i'm like fine and then i sit down and she's just like well so how are you not fine like really not fine (laughs) yeah and it's funny that like the littlest things that'll come up in therapy for me that it's like you know one day it's usually just one obsession each day like what was i obsessing about today and that usually leads us into a lot of different yeah. places of, like, okay, how can you... It's all, like, reframing. How can you reframe this? Like, this feeling is totally normal and understandable. Like, I was fr- freaked out about my finances, and she was just talking, you know, you don't have to think about everything at once. Yeah. Like, finances are really complicated. You you can look at one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about, like, paying off credit, and it's just like, you know... Start with, like, the smallest credit card and just 
I think she said this was like, she's like, I don't like Dave Ramsey, but this is a Dave Ramsey thing, like the debt snowball. It was just yeah. like, start with your smallest credit card and just pay $50 plus the minimum payment. And then once that's paid off, then go to the next biggest card and you do that minimum payment with a little bit more, like $60 Yeah. until that. So it's like taking it a little bit at a time instead yeah. of feeling like, so that you feel like you're accomplishing things. We pr- Along I mean, the way. Yeah, it's like the sprint versus the marathon thing. I mean, we pressure ourselves yeah. to finish everything so quickly, and we want mm-hmm. immediate answers and immediate feedback and a, you know, immediate resolutions, and it just does not work that way. Well, and it's also, it's easy, especially with stuff like debt, to just want to give up. Yeah. Like, I listened, yeah. I heard a thing on, I think, NPR the other day that was how, like, student debt doesn't seem to affect people's mental health as much as credit card debt mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. student debt is such like a common thing that everyone has but like with <laughs> which is like, really sad yeah. <laughs> like what are you guys gonna do like <laughs> yeah. what are you gonna do but that with credit card debt that there's it takes like a real toll on mental health and just that it's it's your ability it's your livelihood more yeah when it's yeah. credit cards and so that really gets to the people, and there's the shame too. and the yeah. feeling like you have to hide it. And we beat we beat ourselves up all the time. I mean, that's what we do. That, yeah. that little two year old brain going out into the woods getting lost. We mm-hmm. okay, it comes back and we yell at it. You know, as opposed yeah. to like nurturing. When it, it goes with a credit card and <laughs> goes and buys a really <laughs> fancy bed set, and you're like, "What are you doing? Damn it, two year old! <laughs> I preferred yeah. you when you had ticks." <laughs> But we do. Yeah. We we beat up ourselves all the time. And I realized yeah. I was doing that for years. And that culminated in a, a terrible decision that I made um, that almost ended my life. And I realized that's that's not what I need to do to myself anymore because mm-hmm. I'm not helping myself at all. And I'm not ensuring that I'm thriving and living my best life if I'm, you know, just tearing myself down all the time. We already, yeah. Life already beats us up enough. Why continue to do it to ourselves? Yeah. And I, yeah, I just realized recently how many times, times I'm like talking shit to myself, like about Mm -hmm. every little detail, like, and yeah, I wouldn't talk to my friend like that, but to myself, I'm like so much hate about the smallest little thing when I just like can't leave to work on time. I'm like, I can't believe you can't leave again. Like, it's just the smallest things. And I have to be like, it's fine. It's all handled. It's fine. So I have to, like, talk to myself, but it's difficult when you're alone. Like, when you said, like, baby steps, when the therapist tells me to do baby steps, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But when you're alone in your head or when I'm alone in my head, Mm -hmm. I just can't think of a logical way to solve this because it just spins so far. I'm, like, take it so far and I'm, like, thinking about all the worst possibilities that I can't get out. And, yeah. I like what you said about the, the friend thing. But the yeah. shit talking to yourself. Like, yeah. Obviously, your best friend, you would not talk like that to yeah. them. <laughs> and you wouldn't yeah. even think those things. Yeah. yeah. I would be like, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. But for yourself, you're just like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same way, like just terrible self-esteem Yeah. to the point that like whenever I try to do positive self-talk, it's really hard for me to believe it. And I actually had someone tell me, like a therapist tell me, like, just experiment with feeling neutral about yourself first. Yeah. Just try that and then work your way up to like 
feeling good. Therapist told me that as well about I viewed very I viewed a lot of things before like in very black and white circumstances. They're like, just be comfortable with the gray. Yeah, a lot of gray neutral here. Just be comfortable in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. Just well, and when you have anxiety too, you're always trying to think about the what should I be doing? What's yeah. the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? It's Other like, people can do it, and yeah. I can't. Like, oh, they're doing it. Why can't I do it? I should do that. And then you just beat yourself up because you don't do that. And yeah, that's why I'm really mad at people who tell me that you just have to wake up with a certain mindset and you just have to decide that you're happy and then everything's going to go in a good way. And I'm like, Mm. do you think if I could do that, I would? Like, (laughs) It's like, oh, thank you. Like, you solved it. (laughs) Hey, everyone, get this guy on TV. He solved depression. Listen, (laughs) I'm trying every morning. Every morning, I'm just like, this is going to be great, you know? And then it's nine o'clock and I'm like, this is not great. (laughs) I already failed. And then I just, like, feel so guilty because all these people are just like, yeah, just decide that you're going to be happy. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, Well, and another thing is, like, the people we see on TV all the time, uh, people who are, like, famous or the people who we idolize, even in our lives, you know, it's that we feel like they're super highly functional and that they're doing everything right. That can look like that from the outside, but everybody is dealing with some cow shit yeah right like everybody is but also like what's right for one person you know it's easy to be like oh their way's right because they have fucking money or Mm -hmm. you know they have a career that they're they feel really good about well that's not the only thing and that's not the choice we have to make Mm -hmm. and we all just have to deal with what we were genetically dealt (laughs) and part of that's anxiety and depression i'm like you know what like my uh going to the grocery store is as awesome as that person like winning a medal because i'm like i that was that was as hard for me as it was for you to like run that race (laughs) me going to it's all about perspective usain bolt It's all about perspective, like your own personal goals. It's like with what I've been through mentally, I'm like that I can be excited about the little things that I do. Yeah. And it's the comparisonitis never, never works. I've been trying to really turn that off in my brain lately. It's just like. I'll even walk past people's houses like their flowers are better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, they're better at gardening. My flowers are ugly. <laughs> Great, I'm a shitty gardener. <laughs> and then I turned it around. Ooh, that's a new novel, The Shitty Gardener. <laughs> then... the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the <Yes>. Shitty Gardener. <laughs> that's our oh, episode name. That's um, hilarious. No, but then I'll reframe it and be like, you know what? They are growing these flowers so that other people can look at them. They're putting them in their front yard. That's really nice. Like, they're, that's a gift they're giving to everyone. Also good for them. Like, yeah. It's a nice thing. It's just a good thing. <laughs> I can turn everything good into something bad. It's like seeing something positive on, like, social media, and you see someone accomplish something or did something, like, all right. Because, yeah, that comparisonitis thing where you're, like, comparing yourself, like, well, I haven't done that yet, or I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. So, like, hey, like, look yeah. at what they've done. That's awesome. They're making the world a better place, or they're moving forward with their life. They're making good change. Like, whatever it is, like, just be happy for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's difficult. Yeah. Like, once I heard that your first 
thoughts that you think is what you, I don't know how to explain it, what you've been taught by society to react this way and your second is what you learn like what you like thought yourself how to react like this is like when you see someone accomplish something you're mm-hmm. just like damn it i haven't been there yet or i haven't done that but then you're just like oh okay it's fine it's fine they accomplished it that's great so <laughs> yeah. like they you have to hard. rethink like, yeah. yeah so because society tells you to like compare and keep up with everyone and yeah no you don't have to do that but it's difficult definitely with social media when you're just like how can you afford a trip every second month (laughs) yeah some people just always on vacation and i'm like this is not helping at all but then but those people also might have twenty thousand dollars of credit card debt you don't know (laughs) instagram doesn't tell you they should just put like a negative sign (laughs) next to it hashtag i can't afford this show how much they're in the red from that vacation (laughs) so just have some real perspective they're like okay so stay up that says bankrupt (laughs) that would be so helpful oh parents paid for this okay yeah yeah trust fund gotcha All right, nice. well, this now that there's a reason, I feel yeah. Hey, like, I'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, it looks like we're out of time. Anything else you wanted to add? Anything, any advice you give to people who maybe don't know yet what the bad feelings are that they're feeling? Like, mm-hmm. what can help you, like, kind of start to identify it? Like, don't be afraid to talk about it. I think that's the biggest thing. Because you're going to realize that everyone has it. That's what I realized. That you think everyone is perfect, but no. Everyone has their battles. And if you talk about it, you find the people that has the same terrible thing that they go through. And you can figure it out together. I I truly think all humans are crazy. Yeah. Like, crazy doesn't even work as a word because everybody's crazy in their own little special way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if they're highly functional. Yeah. They have crazy thoughts, too. With their own little two-year-old and tick-infested brains. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite thing from today. (laughs) Sorry for anyone out there who has two-year-olds for all this really bad imagery we've given you. Yeah, they're dumb and they're (laughs) tick-infested. They overspend with my credit cards. That's amazing. All right. Well, I guess we'll finish up there. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.